With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. This is Reception Perception, the show. Now, James Cole and Matt Harmon. I mean, minutes, seconds after the Atlanta Falcons got eliminated. Okay, they release a statement saying they've let go of Arthur Smith. That's incredible. You know, that's a guy. They didn't even let the body like cool down, man. It's still warm. Uh, yeah, Arthur Smith's gone. I mean, we all knew it was going to happen. You know what I'm saying? But but the but the the quickness in the you know what I mean? Like it just was like, man, okay, season's over, Arthur Smith fired, he's gone. All right, cool. Um, but the sad thing about it, maybe it's not so sad, but you know, I'm not the kind of person to dance on somebody's grave here, okay? But I'm just saying, like I mean, the entire football world, literally, Matt was happy that Arthur Smith got fired. I mean, I, I didn't see a single, you know, um, reserved response like, oh, you know, he'll be back on his feet or what. No, it was just everyone was just celebrating the fact that Arthur Smith is no longer a head coach in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, and, and look, I'm definitely not here to, to dance on Arthur Smith's grave. Um, you know, look, we although I, I would say of, of all of the coaches, because, you know, typically it's, it's hard to fall out of this business. Like, you get your... Um, <laughs> He'll be you know, fine. You, he'll be fine. Like I'm sure he actually, by the way, could just end up, he could end up being a head coach again someday. All these guys end up like yeah, falling, you know, sure. ass backwards into more work, even if they, you know, lose the one job that everybody wants, which is the big right. chair, right? The, 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 the head coaching job. This is a guy that is going to be fine. fine. Honestly, I still am like Arthur Smith. Why do you want to be a football coach? bro? Like your dad is, you know, the your son of a billionaire. Yeah. He, you're you're go, good. Go to Cancun forever, out, you know. Everybody's yeah, exactly. all talking about like, yeah, let's. We're thinking about Cancun, right? That's the punchline. Even the one of the Titans defenders, I think it was Sean Murphy Bunny's, like, yeah, Jags. They're gonna. I'll see him in Cancun, baby. Like they were excited <laughs> to knock him out. That's the that's the punchline right now. Right. But I mean, shoot, Arthur Smith just go to Cancun forever. I mean, just be right. on vacation forever. What's the point? Uh, just but buy was, a big chunk of Cancun. Actually, you know, you shoot, fine. yeah, buy Cancun. I don't know. We'll do whatever you want. <laughs> all that being said, right? You know, I, I don't think you know he's not not made himself the most sympathetic figure in the world no um and yeah the fact that the statement comes out or, or at least tom pelissero from the nfl network broke the news at 1201 
uh, Eastern Monday right. morning, you know, Damn. I mean, a Damn. minute after midnight. <laughs> I, I think, th- and, and, you know, look, I, I don't, we could do the whole Arthur Smith postmortem thing. I will maintain that this is a good offensive coach. Like, I know the way things went down in Atlanta were bad. I don't think he was ready for the the responsibilities of a head coach but i do think you know the 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 nuts and bolts of his offense like i think he's in line with the league's meta right now where you want to be from a hey we want to be a physical run team we want to you know establish the run game if you're going to line up in too high who cares we can run the we can run the crap out of the ball uh we want to put guys uh, we want to put defenders in conflict from a passing game standpoint. We want route combinations to open up other guys. We, you know, all that stuff that all the smart offenses in the league are doing right now. Like mm-hmm. Arthur Smith does do that stuff, and at time, especially in 2022, with you know damn Marcus Mariota quarterback, they were doing a lot of that stuff, and they were doing it very successfully. I think he just lost the plot, you know. And, and we, <laughs> I, I definitely come back to the lack of meat yeah. and potatoes. And the, sure. and the artichoke foam analogy that you have made on this podcast. And that, but yeah. that's the disappointing part of this, man, is that like nobody's offense had a better steak and just roasted potatoes than like the Falcons offense when he got in there to start the, to start the thing with the, with the way they were on the ball last year. Certainly in Tennessee, I mean, they were all meat and potatoes, no artichoke foam, none of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think eventually he just lost the plot uh, of the way things were going there. And I think the, the Falcons had seen enough from that standpoint where they're like, look, the fact that they're keeping the GM and they're keeping basically everybody else. I'd actually be really curious to see if they end up keeping uh, the next head coach, we could talk about who they might go after, but like the next head coach, they end up keeping Ryan Nielsen, the defensive coordinator. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. I think the defense played pretty well this year. I think Nielsen. So good this year. I mean, they played way above their talent level. I I think most people thought that their talent level, they were going to be one of the bottom feeders in terms of defense this year. And quite frankly, not only were they an above average defensive unit, Matt, they were just straight up good. (laughs) So uh, I I totally agree with you. I I think they'd be very smart to keep their D coordinator. Yeah. So I think that's the thing is just the entire building felt like a, you know what? We just need a break from the Arthur Smith experience, which was just, I think he ultimately made things too difficult when they didn't need to be that difficult. I mean, to your point, um, obviously he's able to get the best out of guys, right? Like Johnu Smith was on the 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 throwaway heap, man. Like you know what I mean? Like, and he resurrected his career a little bit here, right? Um, uh, much to the chagrin of all the Kyle Pitts fantasy bros, right? So, yeah. <clears throat> and and then and then even before Bijan got there, you think about um, an aging Cordero Patterson. I mean, who was mm-hmm. Cordero Patterson? Was one foot out the door. Uh, gets with Atlanta, gets with Arthur Smith, and resurrects his career um, as a running back, (laughs) of all things. But I think that's that's the part that I think Arthur Smith enjoys. I think he really likes the reclamation projects. I think he likes to kind of, you know, design up uh, interesting plays for these guys that don't normally get that. Right. Um, and I, I don't know if he gets bored with the meat and potatoes or if he just completely ignores it or whatever it is. But I, I think we've, we've hit that um, pretty hard on this podcast that, you know, again, he needs to go back to some of the staples and some of the basics of a good offense uh, of which you have highlighted uh, is pretty good. You know, if if he just gets back to it, you know, so um, yeah. and, and again, ain't nobody crying a tear shedding. No, not one tear is shed for Arthur Smith. 
Because, you know, look, I mean, at the end of the day, the guy's still going to get paid, you know, like his coaching contract fully guaranteed, all good. Man, he's going to be chilling out. And then when that contract money comes up, it's all good. Son of a billionaire, you know, we're Mm -hmm. good. We're good, Arthur Smith. We are good. So, but yeah, that's where we're at. He could also be an OC somewhere next year. And I think that would be like a very viable hire, you know, like if a. How about if Mike Vrabel, how about if Tennessee lets go of Mike Vrabel and, and Mike goes to a different team and then Mike then hires Arthur Smith. I mean, it's, it's that simple. I mean, but. Can we talk about this Vrabel thing for a second? Like, why would the Titans want to get rid of Mike Vrabel? Maybe they're tired. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say it feels like it's run its course because I don't think that's the case, but he has been there a long time. They haven't been good in in a couple of years now. I don't know. I don't know. I'm confused by the whole Mike Vrabel thing. Now, obviously, I don't know the inner workings of the Titans building and the politics and you know maybe there maybe there is a different vision between what Rand Carthon the new GM this was his first year on the job and you know ownership and all maybe there's a different vision between what that this group of folks wants and what Mike Vrabel wants we know what Mike Vrabel wants to do he wants to compete right he doesn't want to like tear things down and lose games and I think they have sort of tried to straddle that line for two years so maybe this is where they're just like you know what we need to really just reset things. We need to yeah. kind of say goodbye to. They're clearly, I mean, dude, they gave Derrick Henry a mic after the game to address the stadium. Like, you ever see? I've never seen that. I've, I know, I, I've never seen that I, because he's it's not. Just, it's not. He's not retiring. He's not retired. Right. You know, he's not. He's not retiring. He's he's his contract the is team. up. <laughs> right, but but that's the thing. Like his contract <laughs> oh, is up, but there's not even like. I mean, I guess this is just the state of where running backs are right now that they're not even like there's no pretense of like, all right, maybe Derrick Henry can come back and play in Tennessee next year. They're just like, nah, Derrick, here's a mic. Say goodbye to everybody. And he's like, yeah, this is that makes sense. So maybe that all bleeds into the Mike Vrabel stuff. But yeah, I mean, he has been there for a good bit of time. I, I would just say like yesterday and and this might be a little bit i mean he's only been there since 2018 it's not that long it's six years on the job it's not as if he's been there forever but yes my my guess is maybe he wants out a little bit and they want out a little bit or again there's just a disagreement on the how to approach the future of the team but my personal opinion is that there are not 32 men you know more more suited to be an nfl head coach than mike rabel so i'd be there i don't think there's i don't think there's 10 guys i mean come on he's this he's a top 10 coach in the nfl period Hands down, and and we, we, you could start getting into into arguments about whether he's top five. I mean, really, I mean, you take a look at some of the, these teams that he has just dragged uh, into, you know, uh, positive win seasons. It's it's incredible, you know. Same. I mean, yeah. and, and all the injuries that he's dealt with on the defensive side of the football, and they're still competitive defensively. I mean, listen, you could absolutely pick them apart in the secondary, but. Um, I, you know, up front, uh, that front seven has always been really, really solid for the Tennessee Titans, no matter who they've got there. And I think Vrabes has done just a fantastic job uh, of just keeping his team competitive, where I think a lot of other teams would have completely fell apart. And, and dude, he's done such a good job, I think, of keeping that locker room attack, too. Yeah. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. 
because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Just last two years, 6 and 11 this year, 7 and 10 this year. But before that, 12 and 5, 11 and 5, 9 and 7, 9 and 7. Like, this had been a quality program that had really reached sort of its apex. And then I think... <laughs> you know, he made it pretty clear like he was not the one that supported the AJ Brown trade. I mean, didn't he say something Ooh, about like, yeah. I mean, he, yeah, you know, that was yeah. the whole thing. So I don't know, man. It just something seems odd about that. But I'm with you. Yeah. If like Arthur Smith is no longer the head coach of the Falcons. And then, you know, uh, he could he could team up with Vrabel if they go to New England or something like that. Yeah. 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 Bill Ooh, the whole that'd be thing. Spicy. So, so I'm with you. But just back back on the Falcons here for a second. I the the best way to show exactly what you're saying is that like not only did he kind of again lose the plot of the whole thing but like yeah. you said he's a get back to fundamentals. I mean the whole thing with the Falcons was they were supposed to be a great running team and they're a bottom 5 running team according to a, a lot of metrics. I mean, you look at success rate, they're 28th, EPA per rush, they're 28th. Like th- this is a bad running team, which is not the way this team was supposed to go. Which I think is the perfect kind of encapsulation that you know this this like the the fundamentals went to rot there while they were while there was focus on other areas um, and sort of I think maybe to this Arthur Smith is a guy that you like if you ever found out he had a burner account you wouldn't be surprised because he's like way too focused <laughs> on the fantasy stuff and way too focused <laughs> yeah, on like totally. the toxic group thing thing with Desmond totally. Ritter so hopefully hopefully oh this God. is a moment where he can unplug and just get back to calling good offenses because I think there's actually like a pretty good chance he can reclaim <clears> his career and be not just a good offensive um, play caller but maybe even a good head coach again someday um, I'm not personally ruling that out you know what would have helped his uh, running game uh, maybe handing the ball off to his top ten, top ten pick of a running yeah. back, an explosive player, and Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson had 214 carries. That sounds like pretty good, you know, overall. But again, he had fewer carries than Devin Singletary. He had fewer carries than Javante Williams, who was in a three-man backfield. Kenneth Walker, who missed time with injury and, and was in a backfield split with Zach Charbonnet. Uh, he had fewer carries than. Uh, Kyron Williams, who was on IR, dude. Like, what? <laughs> Come on, bro. What are you talking about out here? It's crazy. Bijan Robinson absolutely should have seen about 250 carries this year, and he got 214. Um, yeah. That certainly, I think, would have helped uh, bolster the run game just a little bit, I think. Uh, would Probably would have helped Atlanta quite a bit there. All right, so Arthur Smith gets fired. So does Ron right, let me Rivera. let me stick one one yeah, point ahead. just on the on the Falcons. I think this is a very attractive job. Um I think Hunt, the next oh job we're going to talk yes. about is attractive, but it actually strikes me pretty similar. I wrote this in my column for Yahoo. It's stri- it strikes me yeah. pretty similar to the Colts from last year. Um, except they they didn't even circle the drain quite as bad as the uh, 2022 Colts did. I mean, the Falcons are picking eighth in the draft. The Colts were picking uh, top five in the draft. So yeah. there's actually a little bit of gap there, but even if you think back to what we just talked about with um, the defensive coordinator stuff, like Shane Steichen gets hired with the Indianapolis Colts and he takes a look at this whole thing and says, all right, I'm going to keep Gus Bradley as the defensive coordinator because I'm going to be focused on my side of the ball. And like, you're here, you've already got a good thing going. I'm not going to really touch that. That's that's going to be your your thing here. And obviously it oversees the whole team, whatever. I'm sure he has his, he's sure he's got his thoughts on defense and defensive players and all that. Yeah. So I'm not saying, mean to say he does nothing, but I just think like, it's nice when you're an upstart offensive coordinator and you're getting hired because of your offensive mm-hmm. system to just go ahead and off like load that to somebody else. The potential for that is here in Atlanta. And like, 
there was talent to be mined in Indianapolis last year, whether it was Jonathan Taylor, whether it was Michael Pittman, but those guys had just been kind of stuck in this stagnant, boring, um, expired version of Frank Reich's offense. And I think all of these guys, obviously to like an even greater degree have been kind of pushed up on a, on like a ceiling here, tap, like untapped potential in the Arthur Smith offense, whether it's Drake London or Bijan Robinson or Kyle Pitts, even like there's so much here that, if the Falcons are a upstart little playoff team next year, you know, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. This is, a, I think, a very attractive job to any, like, especially young, offensive-minded uh, head coach. Yeah, when you have a, a a cornerstone running back, a cornerstone wide receiver, now they're going to pick top eight. So I don't imagine, <clears throat> looking at the list here, I don't imagine that they will find themselves a quarterback. Um, they're at the eight spot, but they might, I mean, I don't think they will, but they might. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's a a little bit of a bridge year, you know, what's up with Jake Browning? I'd like to see Jake Browning on this offense. You know, let's, let's get him involved here. Uh, if you're looking for a little bit of a bridge quarterback, right, that'd be interesting. Uh, but yeah, they picked top 10 again. Uh, and I agree with you. I think it's a completely super attractive job. 2400 sports is an odyssey company. 